0: hey welcome to the faith nfm podcast we appreciate your time today and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation as well as links to all that's happening around faith assembly our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey He can do more than able. You may go ahead and have a seat. Thank you for worshiping with us today, singing songs where we express our gratitude and our praise for the ultimate leader of our life. There's a saying that we have around here, we're all about Jesus, what he's done and what he'll continue to do in our lives. Um, I want to give a special shout out though for those fathers out there. If you look at studies across America and you look at what is happening in culture, you know what you can see? You can see the great influence of fathers. When the father is present, the family flourishes. When the father is present, the children do well. When the father is present, lives and communities and coworkers are changed. So happy Father's Day Father, special shout out to you for showing up and making your starting point church this morning. That's awesome. We've been in this series called Real Asianships. We know it's a little Tricky with our words. We know it can be a little hard to maybe understand, but one thing you need to know about faith is we believe in authentic and real relationships. That we want you to have a great relationship with your spouse, with your friend, with your coworker, with your neighbor, everybody in your sphere of influence. So we're going to dive into this morning's text, Acts chapter 15. We're going to be picking up this story where we're looking at the first century church explode and we're looking at three main characters a guy by the name of Paul another individual by the name of John Mark or known as Mark in our story and this man by the name of Barnabas and Barnabas is a star in our story today so follow along with me if you have your notes we believe if you read write and recite you're better to retain what we discussed this morning so verse 36 of chapter 15 after some time Paul said to Barnabas Let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along with him John Mark. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them from Pamphylia and then he continued with and did not continue with them in their work. Verse 39, their disagreement was so sharp that they separated Barnabas that they separated Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus Paul chose Silas and as he left the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care verse 41 then he traveled throughout Syria and Sicily strengthening the churches there let's pray together over the reading of God's word this morning God we give you this time We pray that you continue to lead us, that you guide us, that no matter what we go through, may we leave here better than the way we came in, that we take the principles of your word, apply it to our lives, and may people in this place, may your Holy Spirit impact them in a a drastic, dynamic way. Lord, we lift up the fathers today, as they're setting precedent in their families, to show up to your house when the doors are open. God, continue to give us strength, lead us, and guide us this day and the days ahead. In your great and holy name, we all say, amen. Tonight, I want to talk, or today, I want to talk to you about this big idea. When we believe the best in people, we usually bring the best out of people. Turn to your neighbor and say, I believe in you. Okay, like some of us, we just showed up to church. It's rainy. It's Father's Day. Say it like we mean it. I believe in you. You know, when you believe in something, you can bring the best out of that person. There's this coach, and uh, he was coaching basketball, and he had this phenomenal star athlete on his team. The only problem is the star athlete was getting inside his head, didn't believe in his abilities. You ever know somebody like that? Like you see they're gifted, they're talented, but they just didn't believe in himself. So the game was coming up and the coach summoned his team five minutes prior before the star athlete showed up. And so he brought everybody together and the star athlete wasn't there ready to play yet. He was getting ready to arrive, but he brings all 12 men together and he says this, he goes, every time. Our best player does something phenomenal. I want every one of us to run over there, give him a high five, cheer him on like he is the amazing thing, like he's the best ever since sliced bread. So guess what the team did? Game comes, game happens, and the star athlete gets out there, makes his first bucket. Like, he's just talented. All four of the players on the court start run over there. They give him a high five, almost obnoxious. Like, like, woo, you're amazing. It's like he had real life cheerleaders. The bench is going crazy. I mean, they're waving their towels. And everybody is like, wow, this guy is amazing. See, the coach understood this: that if they were gonna win the championship, he needed his star athlete to perform. He needed to bring the best out of them. Now, for us and some of the, the challenges we have is we we don't really bring at times the best out of people. We, we struggle because we get a little skeptical with people. We get a little critical of people. This team understood that if they were going to win, if they were going to do what they set their minds to and accomplish their goals, they better get their best player to play the best he possibly could. So after the first game, he was like, okay, feeling a little better. Second game, 10th game goes on, guess who's playing for the championship? This team. See, the star player started to believe in himself see it's our responsibilities as followers of Jesus no matter where you might be whatever you're going through that you believe the best in people we need to encourage one another we need to care for one another because when we believe the best in people we we can bring the best out of people Now, fathers, I want you to lock in today. It is Father's Day. I know you're going to have a group of people over to your house that you're going to be barbecuing for, that you're going to be paying for, that you're going to be doing all these things for. Welcome to Father's Day. But fathers, what I want to encourage you with this, the way you believe in your child will alter their course, will alter their future, will alter their destiny. You can either lift your children up or you can tear them down. And I wanna challenge you, be a father that believes the best in your children. Now, in our human nature and some of the things we battle, it's very easy in in a, a cancel culture, a critical culture, to be very suspect of people, to be very skeptical of people. But I want us to start here and understand this, when we hinder our relationships, when we are skeptical Of people let me illustrate it this way your friends post they're out they're they're out to dinner they're hanging out and you you see some some post on your social feed and you're like well they didn't invite me and then you start thinking in your mind they must not be true friends or maybe it's like hey it's 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 i'm getting alone time with my spouse and yeah like i i can't wait to hang out and Maybe the intimacy doesn't go as planned in the evening and, oh, my spouse doesn't really care for me and and you start thinking negatively towards your spouse. Or maybe there's a difference of opinion that you have with somebody and and you're like, well, they're thinking all the wrong, I don't believe in that, no way, absolutely not. And then your difference of opinion becomes you're thinking that person of less than, not as smart as you it's very easy to be skeptical of people. It's very easy to be critical of people. But when we as followers of Jesus engage with believing the best about people, our relationships drastically change. Let's look at the example of Jesus. Jesus, no matter what he faced, believed in people. He wasn't skeptical of people. I mean, Thomas doubted him. Peter denied him, Judas betrayed him, and up to the final point of dinner, Jesus is breaking bread with Judas. Think about that. He had every right to be skeptical of some people in his inner circle, but what's Jesus do? He continues to invest, continues to care, continues to love those around him. So my question for you today is simply this. Do you believe the best of others. We have to be asking ourselves, do I believe the best of others? If someone gives me an eye roll, am I thinking, oh no, I did something wrong? If someone speaks with a certain tone towards us, maybe you just leave it as is and like, hey, that's the tone they talk with. Maybe someone doesn't text you back. Rather than running down that slippery slope of, oh, they don't care, they don't like me, they didn't hear me, maybe you just think, you know what, maybe they just got hung up with other matters. See, as a church, our responsibility to live like Jesus and to believe the best of those around us because when we do, we bring the best out of those people near us. So how do we believe the best in others or of others? Let's start here. We need to recognize everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. If you know it or not, You need people in your life. We're designed, we're wired up for relationships. From Adam and Eve, from the very beginning, man was not made to be alone. See, there isn't a person in the world that doesn't need other people. The issue isn't whether we need others. The issue is how much do we need others? I want us to understand that and capture that. We need other people around us. So let's go back to Acts chapter 15. We see these three individuals. We see Paul, we see Barnabas, and we see this man by the name of John Mark. Now, to understand the friction, we have to actually look in Acts chapter 13. But let me just paraphrase what's taking place. Let me paraphrase why there's hostility towards Barnabas and John Mark versus Paul. So you go back to Acts 12 and Acts 13. They're on their first missionary journey. And what happens is, radical move of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, is upon the apostle Paul's life. Like when he would show up in a town, people would be like, oh man, there's something different about that guy. They're on this one island, Cyprus, and and Paul gets into it with this this advisor to the governor. He's a false prophet, a Jewish prophet individual, and he's this guy that is ill-advising this leader of this island, in this region, in this town. So finally, Paul gets tired and he says, hey, you're gonna go blind. You go blind, I need you to go blind. The guy goes blind for a while and it's like the whole place erupts and gets turned upside down. Like that's what Paul had. That's the kind of power that Paul had. Holy Spirit in his life, the world would be flipped upside down. Paul was this individual that really carried some weight with him. So what happens is, I like to, uh, there's many different theories. John Mark is along this journey with him when this happens in Cyprus. So John Mark, they show up back to the mainland. Cyprus is this Mediterranean island in the, and uh, they show back to the mainland. And, and John Mark is this young guy He's kind of associated with the Christians because his mom was a Christian. We see this back in Acts chapter 12 when when Peter would go and show up to Mary, John Mark's mother's house after he was escaped from prison. And so we see this taking place. John Mark is probably like, dude, I'm not cut out to live this radical, audacious life that Paul is leading. Like, he just couldn't do it. See, now, some theologians, they think that they kind of got in an argument over circumcision. I don't really think that was like a pressing topic for the individuals. Like, that's kind of my take on it. But I fundamentally feel like John Mark was experiencing a radical move of God in his life by the hands and by the work of Paul that it scared him. So he deserts him mid-journey. He says, hey, I'm done. So, so it's this drastic break. Have you ever had somebody leave you in the middle of a project, leave you in the middle of some responsibilities? No one likes those kind of people. So we see this in Acts 13, 13. Paul and his companions then left Paphos by ship for Pamphylia, landing at the port of town of Perga. There John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. Now, it's important to understand when it comes to this man by the name of Paul, Paul was wired up, called, and on a mission to preach and teach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9 16 says this Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. John Mark came in and messed up Paul's mission, John Mark came in and, and hurt the team. You know, if you look at throughout history, if you deserted the the army or the services, now they court-martial you. Back if you looked at Roman time, if you left or if you were a deserter of the Roman army, they would execute you. Paul is this hardened heart, this soldier for Jesus, wanting to go and share the gospel. If you get in his way, he's done with you. He's like, nope. And so he's like, hey, Barnabas, let's go. Acts 15, 36, he says this, after some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit. Like, Paul's ready to rock. Paul wasn't designed to just sit in one city for the rest of his life. Paul needed to go share the gospel. So really, when it comes to looking at, we need to recognize everybody needs somebody, we can look at two sides of this story. The first one we have to understand is this. You may be called to be somebody's somebody. You may be called to be somebody, somebody. Barnabas stuck up for John Mark. Barnabas had John Mark's back. Barnabas wasn't going to let John Mark just go at life alone. Meaning, there's people in your life that God's brought in who are hurting, that are going through some hard points, facing some real obstacles. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's relationship. And rather than you saying like, man, you got a history, you're struggling over there, like you take your own problems, deal with your own problems, maybe God's bringing them into your life so that you can help them through the hurt. See, Barnabas had this great discernment to help people through the hurt. I mean, even Paul puts it this way in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, he says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Barnabas recognized John Mark at a time was a deserter, John Mark at a time maybe wasn't bold enough, John Mark at a time maybe wasn't strong enough, John Mark had a history. But did you know you're called to possibly be somebody's somebody? But then we have to ask ourselves, well, what about Paul? Paul, didn't he have every right? Like, if someone deserts you, shouldn't you have the right to be like, dude, I'm done with them? I would even say scripture points and gives favor to Paul. It it would, it would say, hey, like Paul is this apostle of the first church. Paul is this man people listen to. Paul was commissioned to go and reach lost people. But you might be here right now going through some things and you're like, well, Pastor Blake, are you asking me to be that person who deserted me, that person who maybe treated me illly, to be their somebody? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is we need to pray that somebody has somebody. We need to pray that that person who hurt you, that person who maybe abused you, that person who condemned you, that person who is critical of you, that person who didn't believe in you, You need to start and say, hey, I'm going to pray that they find somebody that they can be restored, that they can be redeemed, that they can be encouraged by, that whatever is pent up in their life can be released in a different area of life. See, we need to recognize that everybody needs somebody. When we look at Acts 15, Barnabas was John Mark's somebody. So how do you believe the best in people? pray that they have somebody, maybe be that somebody for them. See, I'm encouraged when we look in Acts chapter 7, the stoning of the first Christian martyr. His name was Stephen, and this is what happened. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. He's in front of a hostile crowd, and with that, he died. It says, when he shouted or he prayed, what Stephen do? He prayed for those who hurt him church when we believe the best in people we're going to pray for those who've maybe hurt us who've mistreated us and we're going to say you know what god it's in your hands pray that they meet and they encounter the right people so when it comes to believing the best in people and bringing the best out of people one we need to recognize everybody needs somebody secondly we need to offer a second chance we need to offer a second chance how many of us, I need some audience participation, come on now, it's Father's Day. How many of us would say you're good at giving people second chances? All right. Now I need some truth out there. How many of us would say we're not good at giving people second chances? Come on, like if we're, if we're frank with us, like a lot of times I'm, I'm jealous, I'm envious of those individuals that like, man, you're filled with grace. Like that's a spiritual gift in itself. But on the other side, there's those of us, man, someone does you wrong, you're turning your back and you're saying, God, you need to deal with that. I'm done with them. And it's a one-time offense and you're done. See, we need people that understand that we need to be individuals that fight for someone's second chance. Barnabas had this radical understanding and this spiritual gift to see those who hurt and to restore them. You look back in Acts chapter nine, verse 27, this man by the name of Saul, who is now Paul. If you follow the story of Acts, the first church, it's the Acts of the apostles. Paul is this man who persecuted Christians, who didn't like Christians, killed Christians, was a very religious individual, elite Pharisee. And guess who vouches for him in the first church? this man by the name of Barnabas. Guess who cares for him? Guess who loves him? Guess who puts his name out there to give him a second chance to not be written off? This man by the name of Barnabas. So we can't just say it's a coincidence that Barnabas stuck up for John Mark. It was in his nature. John Mark was full of giving people second chances, people second opportunities. In Acts 15:39, this is what we see so dr- happen drastically is this their disagreement was so sharp. If you look at that Greek word of "so sharp," it means it was violently emotional. I mean, these guys have a little bit of history, so it's violently emotional that they separated. Barnabas took John Mark with him and sailed for Cyprus. Violently emotional means these guys potentially. Could have put their hands on one another, yelled at each other, said some words that we probably wouldn't say in this room right now to one another, violently emotional. So sometimes when it comes to offering a second chance, you need to be willing to fight for that person. You need to be willing like, hey, I'm going to get emotional with this situation. I'm going to go to the mats when it comes to this. So we need to be people who offer that second chance. See, second chances can give people big opportunities. Uh, I remember I was uh, started in ministry as a student pastor. Uh, Shout out to our faith youth. Man, Pastor Chris is doing some awesome things there. Pastor Chris and Lily, uh, they they have a camp coming up. Shameless plug right there. If camp coming up. And I remember when I was in student ministry, uh, I invited the student, hey, come play basketball with me. I sat at a park, never showed up. So I was like, I'm done with this kid. Like, no way. Like, like dude, I took my time, very young, 21 years of, old of age, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm done. Finally, the kid sees me again. He's like, hey, let's play basketball. I was like, dude, I showed up. Where were you? Like, come on, man. Like, don't waste my time. Show up. I was like, all right, I'll give it one more chance. I'll give him a second chance. I give him a second chance, shows up, brings 15 of his friends. I'm like, this is awesome. We have like a student ministry right here. Like at the time, the student ministry that I inherited had like five kids. So we just like 3X the student ministry. If I count this time on the basketball court, guess who would go on to be the foundation of the student ministry that I was involved in in Las Vegas? These 15 kids that showed See, here's here's what I I want us to illustrate. The people you offer second chances to can blow your mind away. Now, I'm not saying you be that loosely, Barnabas had this discernment to say, hey, I care for people. I see their potential. I want to give them a chance. We also say that, we also see this, we serve a God of numerous chances, right? We serve a God of numerous chances. How many of us in this place are grateful for the chances that God's given us? right? The chances that we're given. Psalms 86 says this, oh Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask for your help. When we believe the best in people, we're willing to offer people a second chance. Who do you need to offer a second chance to this morning? we also see when it comes to believing the best in people we can't allow our past disappointments ruin our future relationships our past disappointments ruin our future relationships many of us have some things that have hung us up in the past I hired a a very close friend of mine I said hey why don't you come work for me comes works for me and it was terrible have you ever hired somebody where you had great expectations and it just plummeted, ruined relationship, plummeted, close friend, plummeted? See, it kind of it drew me to this quote and I came, uh, came across it in a book and I, and I love it because it was so true because I was like, at this point, I am never going to let people close to me. And this quote is simply this, I may keep people at a distance so people can't hurt me. However, keeping people at a distance stops them from helping me either. See, we can keep people at a distance and say, hey, man, I'm going to bring my baggage from the past and I can bring it into this relationship. Or I can say, I'm going to learn from my past and start fresh with my current relationships. That's important for us to understand because so many times we're defined by our past when really we should be concentrating on the present. You should be asking God, hey, God, what do you want me to learn from then so I can make wise decisions now? Not to be harboring, oh no, they're going to treat me this way again. Oh no, they're going to act this way, so that is going to maybe draw some flashback, and oh no, and, and you start believing in yourself in a negative way, in a negative, no, 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 no. When God was I'm going to deliver the Israelites from captivity in Babylon he says this he encourages the nation he says in Isaiah 43:18, 18 remember not the former things nor consider the things of old we're people with great memories at times right dads we can remember all the great things we've done right we can forget some of the bad things we've done right we can also remember some of the bad things done to us, right? But if you believe the best in people and want to draw the best out of people, you can't be hung up in the past. You got to be in the present. In Acts 15:40, Paul chose Silas and as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. See, Paul could have been like, "Hey, I went on one missionary journey, and that was a debacle. Paul could have said, you know what, I entrusted myself to this young man, and I'm never going to breathe life into another young guy. I'm never going to let someone in my inner circle. But what's Paul do? He takes a past disappointment, and he doesn't let it impact the future of what God's pointed him and called him to do. He says, all right, I'm gonna choose this guy by the name of Silas, Barnabas, and John Mark. You go do your thing, and now you see the power of two dynamic missions teams. See, God is always working things out. God is always, always shaping things up for the betterment of each and every one of us. Whatever is maybe bad in your life, whatever you're going through, whatever hurts and pains and disappointments you've faced, don't allow that to stop you from receiving from God in the future. Don't allow that to hinder your relationship right now. Paul said, all right, I'm gonna go and preach. John Mark, Barnabas, go do your thing. See, when we believe the best in people, we usually bring the best out of people. And then we also see this. Believe in someone's potential to help them reach that potential. Have you ever had someone pour into your life? Have you ever had someone speak into your life? Say, hey, yeah, you can. You can do it. Anytime I talk about someone seeing potential, I can't help, uh, but talk about my predecessor, Pastor Phil Goss. I mean, for those of you who might be new with us at faith or haven't been with us in this past year, maybe it's your first Sunday, uh, we completed a transition back in March. And I remember throughout, and it was a two-year transition process. I remember I showed up a couple times. Six months in, I'm like, Pastor Goss, man, I just don't have the goods. I can't do it. Like, I'm following you. You're a legend, man. Like, I would vote you for President of the United States. Like, that's where I was at. I was like, me on the other hand, you can put me like, just put me as an ambassador. Like, that's where I was like I, can't, I, like, I can't do it. And I remember just him and his, just wisdom, just saying, hey, you can do it. Like, hang in there. You know, we all had people that have poured into our lives that have tapped into our potential, that have said, hey, I see, I believe in you, I care about you, I trust you. We see that John Mark and Barnabas go off to Cyprus. We see that in our text. But we can also infer throughout different scriptures, throughout different epistles. And even when Paul is writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, he says this, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful for my ministry. So John Mark was going to be deserted. Paul didn't want him at one point, but we see restoration and redemption takes place in John Mark's life. If you know anything about the, the scriptures, or maybe you do, but these are some beautiful insights. John Mark would have a very close relationship with this man by the name of Peter. Peter, the, uh, one of Jesus' close three. John Mark actually writes his gospel. We have Matthew, Mark, in, uh, we have Matthew Mark and Luke, the synoptic Gospels. Mark is actually the outline to the other two gospels. meaning Luke uses Mark's outline. Matthew uses Mark's. Outline. So, whenever you're reading the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, it's its starting point of the very first Gospel, which is rooted in, in, in Mark's Gospel, his first-hand account of Peter. Talk about full circle. Talk about Paul not wanting anything to do with him. To now, Paul's calling on him for mission uh, for ministry work, redemption in full swing. So now he's been someone we talk about for the ages who's given us the gospel of Jesus. I love this quote I came across. It says this, Treat a man as he appears to be and you make him worse. But treat a man as if he already were what he potentially could be and you make him what he should be. So treat someone not as they are, but see the potential in that person. See, here's my vision for us here at Faith. We want to be people who be a believer in people. We want to say, hey, I believe in you. I care for you. I love you. When we see someone who doesn't, is, isn't dressed as nice as us, they come through that door, hey, I believe in you. I don't know your story. I believe in you. I don't know what you face. I believe in you. Hey, I might not look like I talk with you, but it doesn't matter what you look like, it doesn't matter what you sound like, I'm gonna believe in you, I'm gonna start a conversation with you, I care for you, I love you. Someone who's, uh, uh, you know, this all this stuff going on culturally where we talk diversity and all that, you know heaven's gonna be so diverse, so it doesn't matter our skin tone, our accent, our language barrier, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna believe the best in that person. I wanna draw the best from that person. Someone who's down and out. Hey, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to pray for you right now. Husbands, can you imagine if rather than being skeptical of our wives, we're saying, hey, I believe the best in my wife. I know that she has every good intention that, hey, there might be mistakes that are had, but I believe in them. I want the best out of them. Wives, what if you believe the best of your husband? Hey, you know, there's sometimes they might need motivation and encouragement. Hey, I believe the best in you because I want to see the best brought out of you. Who are we believing in? I want, to be, I want to believe the best for the leaders, for my boss. My boss is always going to me. No, no, no. Believe the best in your boss so then you can pull the best out of your boss. With your peers, believe the best. It's not the eye roll. It's not the, the cold shoulder. It's I'm going to believe the best in him so I can bring the best out of him. Barnabas saw people for who they are saw them through their mistakes believed the best in them and brought the best out of them so it comes back to this there's a man by the name of Jesus who believes the best in each and every one of us he gave up his life for each and every one of us So you might come in here with a lot of baggage, a lot of hurt, a lot of turmoil, a lot of obstacles. But Jesus says, I'm going to believe the best in you. You know how I'm going to do that? I'm going to die for you so you can be made right, so you can be made holy, so you can have a new eternity with me in paradise. So church, I don't know what you're going through. But to believe the best, we got to know who believes the best in us if we have this vision to say, I'm gonna leave here believing the best in people, how would our world, how would our circle of influence, how would our sphere change and shift? Just think about that. In your workplace, with your family, I believe the best in my wife and my kids. I believe the best with my parents. I believe the best with my friends. Things drastically would be turned upside down. So, today I want to leave you with two challenges. The first one is this Who do you need to believe in? Right now, in this moment, put their image in your mind. Put their face in your mind. God, how do I need to believe in this person? Secondly, how do you need to do that? How do you need to actively show that? How do you need to believe in somebody? Like maybe you're, you're feeling a little convicted right now because you know. Maybe you've been skeptical of those people that you see, that you identify, that you see on the news, and you're like, yeah, those people. Maybe you say, I need to believe the best in those people to draw the best out of those people. So I'm going to ask each and every one of us to go ahead, and if you'll stand with me. We're going to dive into a moment where we just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and respond to his lead in our life. At this time, our prayer team is going to come forward, And maybe you wanna start a relationship with Jesus. When you believe in Jesus, what he's done on the cross, how God raised him from the grave, that we were sinners and now he makes us right. And maybe you're lacking fulfillment and you're like, I'm confused. We have a starting point for you and it's up here to my left, your right. It's our prayer team. They want to help you on your relationship with Jesus, with your relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're in here right now and you know you've been pretty skeptical of people in general. And you're really hurting and you're struggling and your relationships are turned upside down. Maybe you take a moment as we sing this next song and say, hey God, how do I need to start believing the best in people and in the way you have believed the best in me and giving me radical mercy? Let's pray, then we're gonna respond. We'll have closing remarks after that. God, we give you this moment right now. We worship you and we praise you. Lord, for those who need to start a real relationship with you, Lord, we pray that you give them a boldness, give them a tenacity, give them an audaciousness, help them to take a bold step forward and come to our prayer team and may they pray and seek you, Lord start that faith journey right now lord we are praying for a church that is not full of skeptics not full of critics but lord we want to be people who believe the best in people so we can usually and always and and see the best drawn out of them lead us this morning your great name we all say amen hey thanks for listening today if you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message We invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.